0: You're listening to The Greek's Gridiron, live with Ethan Haristadoulou. What's up everyone and welcome back to more of the Greek Gridiron. I am Ethan Hrissadoulou and today on this August 15th, 2022, I am going through 32 takeaways from all over the NFL, one takeaway from each and every single team in the league as we talk about week one of the preseason discussing players that stood out, position groups that stood out, things I did or did not like that I saw from, again, one shot from each and every single team. So make sure you hit that like button, subscribe button, and of course, comment down below. What stood out to you in week one of the preseason from your favorite team, maybe some from some other teams that you happen to watch during the weekend? Would love to hear what you guys think. But as we roll through, essentially, I'm just going to kind of go through it based off of scheduling. So I'm going to start with like the Patriots and Giants and then just work my way down through. I got a whole thing of notes here for you guys, a lot to talk about. So let's dive right into it. I'm going to try to keep it between like 20 to 30 seconds per team. So we're just going to kind of rapid fire our way through. Starting with the Patriots and Giants, Tyquan Thornton showed some really good speed, some solid route running, and some good blocking for somebody who's so small and people were concerned about his size. Definitely looked good, fought through some contact on his touchdown. There was a holding penalty called on the defensive back that was on him, but he still made the catch. And the special teams had three different plays go for 25 plus yards. Loved what I saw from both Thornton and the special teams grouping there. Some good positives from the Patriots. From there, we're looking at the Giants, and with the offensive line struggling, Daniel Jones did not necessarily look bad, but he did not look great either. He had a few errant throws here and there, particularly to Hall and Galladay, and he also had one to the sideline towards Darius Slayton that didn't look too great either. Uh, obviously not necessarily, it was, again, it wasn't the worst start in the world. They did score on their opening drive. It looked pretty solid, but a, a, a few things that I feel like we've seen from Daniel Jones' his first three years in the NFL, and you know, not necessarily something that... We saw much improvement from, I guess you could say. Looking at the Titans and Ravens, Malik Willis, obviously the star for the Titans this past weekend. This was an exciting one. I, I want to say seeing Malik Willis show off the way he did was phenomenal. He was someone that I wanted to see the Colts go after. And I mean, his touchdown run, the sidearm throw, uh, uh, the, the nice throw that he had to Racy McGrath. I mean, he showed capability. aside from like a couple of throws here and there that didn't look too great. He had a really good outing. The Ravens, Isaiah Likely, you know, for all the hype that's going around him as far as the Ravens have been pushing, I think he's he is the real deal. And he is, you know, some people were calling him like a mini Andrews. Well... I think that they might be right in that in that conversation there. I mean, he had some really good catches. He's been having a strong camp. He even threw a, a good block or two here or there throughout the game. Uh, I don't know, man. If you're, I could only imagine how good that Ravens offense could be if you have Lamar Jackson back healthy, and, of course, you have Andrews, but also another really good tight end to pair with him, just giving you absolute nightmares over the middle of the field. Looking at the Lions and Falcons game, Aiden Hutchinson – Really good showing in his first start. Yeah, I guess his first start in the preseason here. Uh, I, I to tackle for loss. I mean, what can you say? Completely blew by the offensive lineman. wasn't necessarily a great block on his part, but completely blew by the o lineman. Made that nice tackle for loss, and I even saw some double, a couple of doubling like guys doubling up trying to block him. And you know, for someone who's a rookie to have that going on, and he's you know having holding calls called again against the offensive linemen that are trying to defend him. It, clearly, he's problematic for some of these guys. And I know that you know some of them might not even be in the league come week one, but you can't ignore the motor, the relentless. Effort he was giving in this game. Good showing for game number one for Aiden Hutchinson. For the Falcons, I would call it an up and down day for Desmond Ritter. I don't want to say he had a really bad game, but he had a really poor interception early on that got called back. So the stat sheet looks a little bit nicer than it actually was, but he did manage a pair of touchdowns. He had 160 yards total on the afternoon. He ended the day, though, 10 of 22 on completions. So again, very up and down. Some bad throws that were, just did not look accurate at all. Again, that interception that got called back, not a good throw at all. And I was a little bit surprised considering how good his decision making was that he made the pass anyways. For the Jaguars and the Browns, offense did not finish drives the way you wanted for the Jaguars. However, it still looked really good and showed some rhythm. Trevor Lawrence came out and threw an absolute beautiful bomb right off the rip. I think it went for like 30 some odd yards or something like that. It was a beautiful pass. Travis Etienne showed some really good elusiveness and, you know, offensive line, some cleaner pockets that you wanted to see. Overall, I would say that this was an up type of day for the offense of the Jaguars. Touchdown pass on fourth and two from Trevor Lawrence to Evan Ingram off of play action. You can't really be disappointed if you're a Jaguars fan. And honestly, you probably come out of that game feeling pretty good about things, especially, you know, Urban Meyer situation gone. We have Doug Peterson in the building feeling pretty good. For the Browns though, talk about like the complete opposite for the first team here. Deshaun Watson obviously got the start and that offense just looked discombobulated from the very beginning. Losing center Nick Harris right away obviously hurts the team, but then from there you have a three and out on the first drive, a fumble on the second drive, overthrows, dropped passes, inability to run the ball, penalties galore, like it was just every negative possible thing that you could pull from the offense kind of came from that first team group there. Hopefully it looks better in week number two. Um, Obviously, we'll have to wait and see if Deshaun Watson's indefinite or potential for indefinite suspension ends up being brought to him before the next game. But I'm assuming he's going to get some more playing time. It's been a long time since Watson's played football, and I I think it showed a little bit there. And and not even just with him. There was definitely a, a lot of rust and just, you know, it seemed like a lot of people not on the same page for the Browns offense. Looking at the Bengals and Cardinals. Evan McPherson, man, this guy is gearing up for one hell of a run this season, I'm sure. Five for five with all of his kicks combined he had a 58 and a 56 yard field goal this guy was putting on like playoff caliber kicks in a preseason game he is ready to roll and i'm excited for him i also want to note dax dax hill was playing safety broke up a couple of good passes one in the end zone specifically that i really liked and thought looked good but overall a solid showing for the Bengals. when we're looking at the cardinals how about trace mcsorley dude taking a hold of that qb2 spot he looked really really good in the game it was really fun watching him he was 13 13 of 22 for the passing. He had 163 yards and a touchdown. He even had four carries and 32 yards on the ground as well. I I thought it was really fun to watch him play. Again, it's preseason action. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're dinking and dunking and diamond on some guys that probably aren't even going to be in the NFL. But I think Trace McSorley definitely threw his hat into the uh, QB2 competition and he threw it in pretty far as well. Looking at the Jets in the Eagles game, obviously a scary one for the Jets. It seems like Zach Wilson's okay. We're going to find out how serious the surgery ended up being. He flew out to LA yesterday to get the surgery, but ultimately it was going to be decided just how invasive it was going to be based off of what the surgeon saw once they actually opened his knee up. So they were hoping for just like a cleaning trim of the uh, meniscus, but if it ends up needing to be more than that, Zach Wilson could end up missing even more time. But a bone bruise and a tear in the meniscus, not necessarily what you want to hear about QB1 coming out of a preseason game. But Wilson injury aside, Five sacks altogether for the defense. You got one from fourth-round pick Michael Clemens. You got one from Quinnen Williams. You got a couple from Tenzel Smart. Awesome showing from the pass rush. Robert Sala, his defense, aggressive, not really surprising. And to see his group doing something like that in the preseason shows that they're bringing that heat and they're bringing that energy, and I love to see it. For the Eagles, we're going to look at the offensive lineman, rookie center Cam Jurgens. This guy looked awesome throwing crazy blocks in the run i mean this guy is a mauler when it comes to the run game i definitely say he shined more so in the running than he did in the passing game but he did do a solid job in the passing game as well but i felt like especially early on in that game when there were some big runs it was because cam jurgens was pancaking the first guy he blocked and then a second guy downfield to extend the play and he's a center and he's getting all the way out there Awesome showing from him. I know Travis Kelsey's dealing with an elbow thing right now. You have to be feeling pretty good if you're the Eagles right now with Cam Jurgens sitting in center to replace him. I mean, you're learning from one of the best centers in the game, and he's already showing some serious flashes. Looking at the Packers and the 49ers, Jordan Love having a very rough two quarters, 13 of 24. He had 176 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. His second touchdown wasn't even a very good throw. And several of his incompletions were just way off and into traffic. We've we've talked about this a lot on this channel. I, I'm not a big fan of the pick, as are a lot of people, and, you know, every time I feel like I've watched Jordan Love play, I just think to myself, my God, why is this not a wide receiver on this team? I, you know, it is what it is. We are where we are, but I feel like that's just reminded to me every single time I watch him play. That's no, no disrespect to him, man, but three interceptions and, you know, again, even one of his touchdowns that were not very good. 49ers, though, Danny Gray and Ray-Ray McLeod, third, bringing a ton of burning speed on this offense here. You obviously talk about, you know, Kittle and... Debo Samuel, but you know, what about the other guys? Brandon Ayuk's obviously there. What about the guys deeper than that? Well, these two guys, Danny Gray, especially, I really liked what he was bringing to the table combined for a whopping 162 yards off six catches and a couple of touchdowns feels like the wide receiver depth in San Francisco is pretty good. And again, I know that a lot of people are concerned about Debo Samuel and whatnot. Uh, It sounds like, you know, things are cleared up and we're good to go and ready to go forward. But ultimately there are some guys. Trey Lance looked pretty solid. It, wide receiver depth feels pretty good in San Francisco. The Chiefs and the Bears. Business as usual for the Chiefs offense. The first team came in there, marched right down the field, and scored a touchdown. The idea was to get rid of Tyreek Hill this offseason when they traded him away because they wanted Mahomes to really spread the ball around and not just focus on one guy. And, I mean, in that first drive, Mahomes targeted five different players and ended up hitting a tight end bell for a touchdown. So, I mean... Overall, uh, again, offensive business as usual, can't really take away too, too much because you don't necessarily know every single person that was on the field going in that initial drive for the Bears. I don't know if they had their entire starting unit to kick things off or if they had a couple of guys here and there in rotations. I didn't check every single person in the lineup, but Chiefs looked like the Chiefs, man. looked really good. The Bears... How about Tajay Sharp, man? Two really big catches for him. I like what I saw from him. And then rookie linebacker Jack Sanborn. This is someone who I was pretty high on in the draft, and I think he looked really good. He intercepted a pass in the third quarter. Um, He showed some flashes in coverage. He's a solid guy. He has some pretty good athleticism. He feels like a prototype linebacker, and he showed some really good strengths and awareness in this game. I like what I saw from him. Again, just a preseason game, but some solid showings. And again, Tajay Sharp. For a team that really needs wide receiver help, seeing some of the catches that Sharp made can at least ease your mind a little bit. And hopefully Justin Fields can build a solid rapport with someone like him because he does have some pretty good hands. He didn't turn out, I think, quite into what some people expected him to. And, you know, who knows? Maybe a connection with Justin Fields could do him well. Looking at the Panthers and the Commanders, this was an interesting game here. Obviously, we had the battle between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. I'd say Mayfield showed some pretty good command of the offense in his lone drive, and Darnold obviously had a really nice touchdown pass coming off of a turnover that the defense made here. Uh, I will say, though, that I feel like I did see a couple of erratic plays that we've seen from Sam Darnold over in his career, and if I was to give a slight edge to anyone, I definitely don't think the battle is decided, but I would say a win goes into, despite not having a touchdown pass, to the Baker Mayfield column. Looking at the commanders, very interested in the QB performance, not necessarily so much of Wentz because I kind of know what Wentz is as a quarterback right now. He was solid, no true errors. He did a good job for the preseason game, but... I was looking at Sam Howell specifically, someone who I really liked in the pre-draft process here, and 145 yards through the air, a couple of rushing touchdowns. I'm looking forward to seeing more of Sam Howell play. He is someone who has a really big arm, can make some really awesome throws, or at least did in college. I'm curious to see if it can translate over into the NFL, but I really like what I saw from Sam Howell in that game. As for the Colts and the Bills, I'm a Colts fan, so I'm about to be uber critical right now. The Colts' first-team offense did not look good. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor was not in there, and we're trying to figure some things out with the wide receiver, but they just looked very not on the same page in every way possible. Two things I did like, though, outside of the first-team offense looking like a complete mess, Sam uh, Ellinger looked far more comfortable than I think he has so far. Do I think he is the future of the Colts? Probably not, but seeing somebody like him shine in preseason action and look comfortable and make good throws and make good plays is always a good feeling to know that, you know, there's a young guy you might have, you know, he didn't look too awesome in the opportunities he had last year, but it looks like he's showing some growth, which is awesome. And then Jelani Woods, the mountain of a tight end that the Colts drafted in this year's draft. He had a couple of catches, one of them going for a touchdown. He is someone that I want to pan out so badly for the Colts, and seeing him make a couple of good plays, including a score, excitement, I would say, for the least. For the Bills, special teams is going to be a problem. Of all the defensive turnovers and everything that went on in this game, sure, you could talk about defense, but I need to talk about punter Matt Erasia, man. He punted (laughs) for a net 82 yards on one of his punts. That is absurd. Some people call him the punt god and whatnot. Listen, if he can keep that... It ended up being a touchback. If he can keep that inside the five, that is going to be a problem. We already know this Bills defense is awesome. We already know the Bills offense is awesome. If we are looking at a special teams where Matt Erasia is booming bombs from one end zone to the other end zone and pinning you within like even just the 10... The Bills are going to be a problem, and it looks like they found their punter of the future, and he looks ready to roll right out of the gates. Looking at the Steelers and the Seahawks, the Steelers quarterback competition is definitely hot right now. All three quarterbacks performed fairly well. Kenny Pickett obviously kind of getting the last laugh, though. He led that game-winning drive at the end after a, a big fumble that the offense was able to take over and just move down the field. He threw the pass to Tyler Vaughns. I would definitely say the battle is still underway and you can't really come away saying that anyone is the legitimate you know, QB1 for this group just yet. I think we need to see a little bit more, but definitely some positives from all three of the quarterbacks. Looking at the Seahawks, the offensive line, Opening up some serious running lanes, pass protection though is my concern for this unit and it definitely showed going through this game. Travis Homer and DJ Dallas combined for 114 yards altogether on the ground off their 14 carries, but it was an impressive showing in the run blocking. It was the pass protection that needs work. You could see a lot of pressure coming after the quarterbacks, a lot of the blindside fumble towards the end of the game there that essentially cost the Seahawks the game. That is definitely a no-no and something we will have to... uh, Keep an eye on, but the running, the running game looked really good. And obviously losing Chris Carson is something we're going to have to see the Seahawks work through a little bit of, uh, some stars possibly arising out of DJ Dallas and, and, uh, Travis Homer, I almost said Hosmer, excuse me. Now looking at the Buccaneers and the Dolphins, wide receiver Tyler Johnson looked like a favorite, got seven targets going his way. Team high passes sent over to him. He was six of seven for 73 yards, looking good. Obviously you want to have some depth behind You know, Evans, Gage, Godwin, who might not be ready week one, because it sounds like the Buccaneers are willing to wait with him a little bit. We'll have to see. But they said that they were willing to let him come back slowly. And then obviously the addition of Julio Jones. But seeing someone like Tyler Johnson come up with a lot of catches, make some good plays, come up with a good amount of yards. Awesome showing there for him. The Dolphins, Lynn Bowden Jr., three of four. He had 55 yards and a touchdown catch. Obviously, a lot of wide receiver talent over there in Miami with Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson, Preston Williams. But it seems like Lynn Bowden Jr. definitely threw his hat into the conversation as being like wide receiver number five or six. Teams tend to carry a handful of extra guys for subbing and whatnot. And Lynn Bowden could be a dude if he continues to have a preseason like this who ends up making that final cut. For the Saints and Texans, Brian Allen, Justin Evans, and Chase Hansen, all coming away with big interceptions there. The Saints obviously boast a very aggressive defense, and they have for the last couple of years, last two or three years now. The defense has been really good for a while now. And obviously, Dennis Allen taking over as head coach. Defense continues to be dominant. You'll love to see that from a young group of guys there. And... I don't really expect this defense to take much regression. I think they're just going to continue to go forward and progress despite losing and replacing pieces. For the Texans, running back Damian Pierce had himself a really good night. Even head coach Lovey Smith said the same thing as well Post game, He had five carries for 49 yards and a 20-yard run. Um, There's been some buzz around him in camp as well. People were really high on him coming into the game, and he definitely showed up. And for a team that needs skill, talent to really come together out of nowhere, Damian Pierce might be one of those guys. Really good showing for him. For the Cowboys and for the Broncos, the Cowboys, I would just say overall a very slow night and there was not really a lot of good to take away. They didn't end up scoring until the final few minutes of the fourth quarter. Offensively didn't look great. Defensively, there was a few miscues here and there. The biggest thing I came away from in this game and it was a concern for me all year last year and I don't really have much to after this first game to say that my worries are cleared. 17 penalties for a whopping 129 yards. You want to talk about problematic? That is not good. Most undisciplined team last year continuing with their undisciplined ways this year. That is not okay. Looking at the Broncos, Josh Johnson, quarterback, had a beautiful touchdown pass to the top left corner of the end zone. Both of his touchdown patches were actually pretty good altogether. I mean, he's been a rock solid QB two for his entire career and for a team that brought in Russell Wilson to have a guy like Josh Johnson as your backup who can emulate a similar skill set playing really well in your system should feel good. I believe Josh Johnson is probably the lead man for QB two and if he wasn't already has definitely put himself into the contention. For the Rams, quarterback Bryce Perkins. Talk about the connection he had with Lance McCutcheon on this one. Perkins went for three total touchdowns. He had two passing, one rushing, and then McCutcheon caught five of six passes. He had 87 yards. One of them was a 60-yard play, two touchdowns. He even had a two-point conversion catch as well. He had himself a really good night. And for a team that obviously has, like, Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, and there's still the question surrounding Odell Beckham, seeing another guy like McCutcheon shine – So definitely raised his stock a little bit, I would say, with the game he had this week. Looking at the Chargers, Chase Daniel, the man's made millions as a career backup quarterback, and he looked really good in this game here. 11 of 17, 117 yards, two touchdowns. He had a 22-yard run as well. I would say he's poised to be the number two quarterback and has that position locked up firmly. I mean, he has been a a trustworthy guy for a handful of teams throughout his entire career. Uh, But how about wide receivers Michael Bandy and Jalen Reed? They combined for 11 receptions, 134 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. Good to see some young guys battling it out behind Keelan Allen and Keenan Allen, excuse me, and Mike Williams. We obviously know who their lead receivers are, but some of those guys going ball behind them, you know, them too, Jalen Guyton and a few others to name just a few of the guys. You know, good to see them battling it out and duking it out and putting up production as well. Not just battling through the you know preseason, but actually putting up some numbers in production as well. And then finally, for the Vikings and the Raiders. For the Vikings, running back Keen Nwankwo, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, 41 yards, and Tyson Chandler for 50 yards. Solid day for the running game. The offensive line was opening up some lanes for them fairly well. And then quarterback Kellen Mond, who had himself a pretty solid night. I I know that there's been you know some up and down feelings with him, but he had a nice cup, a uh, nice touchdown. Excuse me. Nice couple of touchdown passes. First one was in a fairly tight window to Albert Wilson as well, so really good throw overall. The other one was a wide open catch to the corner of the end zone, but overall solid showing for Kevin Mond, uh, Kellen Mond, and then again the two young running backs making some plays. Dalvin Cook, who's obviously missed some time here and there, you want to have some running back depth while well, you have a couple of guys who are showing up pretty decently in the first game of the preseason. And then for the Raiders. Wide receiver, DJ Turner, turning on the Jets. This guy has some burners running across the field and then up the sideline on a 34-yard touchdown catch. Uh, This is the type of athleticism you want to see from some of the guys that are not necessarily your go-to guys, but guys that could potentially be depth guys behind you. Really good speed, blow up, you know, blow the top off the defense type of guy. And then punter, AJ Cole. Yes, we're talking another punter here. Averaged a whopping 58.5 yards on his two punts that he had. Both of them ending up inside the 20. You want to talk about power and accuracy. Awesome showing from AJ Cole. So shout out to him. You got to praise the punters. And I, even the Vikings punter. I, I forget what his name was. I didn't write it down in the notes. But he averaged like 50, I think six yards a punt. And he had three of them. So some really good punting going on in that game last night. But that is my takeaways from all 32 teams in week number one of the NFL's preseason. Again, let me know in the comment section down below, what were your big takeaways from this week? I would love to hear it from you guys. We just kind of rapid fired our way through. So it's a lot to listen to, but I appreciate you for hanging out all the way to the very end. I will see you guys in the next video. Have a good one.